When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. It goes without saying that the first part of today's show makes me smile ear to ear. Why do I have so much joy? Because you get to help me improve. You know, you never want to be static in your life. You never want to get stuck in a rut. And I love when people tell me what I got wrong or just call me names except Mr. Howard (laughs) in our weekly Clark Stink segment. And speaking of calling names, Gen Z, people are always bashing Gen Z. True. I mean, just, you know, they're... Uh, they use the term slackers anymore. I don't What's know. The they always do. Each, always each generation like, gets that from the ones before, right? Yeah, yeah. That they're they're lazy and good for nothing and all that. And guess what? You're going to hear something about Gen Z that may surprise you to the good. But right now, it's time to hear where I have failed to serve you as you wish. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. So what's your Samsung tablet got for me today? (laughs) Okay, someone asked about the option of purchasing real estate through a rent-to-own plan. I was surprised that you didn't advise against this. Why? Because lenders will not loan money that has already been paid to the seller. For example, let's use terms where the purchase price is at $100,000 and $200 per month is applied towards the purchase over a two-year period. When ready, the buyer will apply for a loan in the amount of $95,200. The lender will deduct $4,800, which has been paid toward the purchase, and only offer $90,400, leaving the buyer to have to come up with another $4,800. The better option is for the tenant or buyer to simply put $200 in savings each month and then use the $4,800 as a down payment. And that's from Joy. Joy, okay, that is very good advice. A lot of people that are offering rent to own won't permit that because they want a premium above market price rent for basically the fact that they're giving you the option to purchase the home at a price already established, regardless of what happens with market conditions in the purchase option period. So it would depend on the seller who is initially a landlord, if they are willing to allow the money to be put into savings instead of being paid as uh, essentially a form of additional rent. The advantage for the seller is that very often the rent to purchase doesn't happen. And it ends up being only a rental. And what the landlord gets out of it is they get higher than market rent for the property. Krista? 
You normally smell like a rose, but on this one, you resembled deviled eggs left out a bit too long at a Memorial Day picnic. Ooh, I don't like deviled Ugh. eggs. Do you like deviled eggs? You know, sometimes. They're not my thing. <laughs> Somebody wrote in asking about premium fuel in their Lexus 300. I heard from several people about this, by okay. the way, Clark. While you're partially correct about modern engines being able to adapt, horsepower is not the primary reason to use higher octane fuel. That particular engine has a 10 to 1 compression ratio compared to most engines that run at about 8 to 1. The higher compression provides more power, but also makes premature detonation ignition, commonly known as spark knocking. Knocking, yeah. It makes it more likely. While not a big deal, occasionally regular rubbing in an engine with a spark knock can damage the engine, resulting in much higher repair fees than the 20 cents a gallon you're saving. Still a big fan. You can't be an expert on everything. We're here for you, Charles. Charles, thank you. So, Charles, you're saying that the particular vehicle has a particular high-performance engine that could cause damage to it running on regular instead of premium. And I obviously have to defer to your expertise about the engine in that particular Lexus. And I stand corrected. Most often, vehicles are designed to be sold in markets all around the world. And most that do call for premium will not be harmed by putting regular in. In the case of this high-performance engine in this Lexus, I do stand corrected. And that would be true for any other that has a high-performance engine. Clark was emanating some pungent odors recently when advising listeners regarding the most common scams prevalent nowadays, the most popular of which is the pretext text scam. Although Clark was rightfully warning users to never ever click on a link in a text claiming to come from a financial institution, he failed to mention what appears to be the most common way that a pretext scam appears to be perpetuated nowadays. The scammer obtains a phone number and blasts many, many random mobile numbers with an identical text that says, so-and-so bank fraud alert. Did you just make a transaction of $812 at the Apple store? Reply with a Y if you did and an N if you did not. When someone replies, the scammer receives the reply text and will immediately call the poor soul, pretending to be from the financial institution and will attempt a social engineering attack to abscond with the victim's money. So the lesson is then don't click on any links in a text message, but also do not reply to a text, Max. Max, thank you. That is very, very good advice. And the criminals migrate to where they see the weaknesses in human behavior, human psychology, and the financial system and in technology. And so it is true that simply by responding to a fake text message like that, the criminal now has the fish on the hook that they can reel in, why they're called phishing scams. Mm. And so uh, your advice is good additional support for what I was talking about. Your warnings about unused FSA funds left a lingering stink in the air since you didn't mention that companies have the option of issuing their employees a Visa or MasterCard debit card linked to their FSA, which eliminates the need to scan and submit receipts manually. That's a serious friction point, which leads some people to losing this valuable benefit. Thanks for all you and your staff do to make us all savvier, Teresa. Teresa, thank you. And uh, you know how I am about debit cards, but this is a case that's an exception. The debit cards tied into FSAs are great because you do eliminate so much of the hassle. And when you go to buy things, many retailer systems are set up to know whether or not something is 
FSA eligible and it will tell you, like you go into a pharmacy department, it'll say for over-the-counter things, FSA eligible in many cases right there. I will say though, I had an FSA debit card in the past and it wasn't connected directly to my health insurance account. It was like a separate one. Companies can do it either way. And I had to upload receipts to prove what I had bought Yuck. or the doctor thing. So that was, that was a anyway. high level of trust, huh? Save them anyway. Clark, oh, well. Clark recently said that Consumer Reports relies only on subscriptions for financial support. However, they've started a program where they charge manufacturers a fee to display CR recommendation marks. I noticed one when shopping for lawnmowers. And I, they also do um, affiliate links. But they are very clear about that. Wait, wait, wait. Consumer Reports? is now allowing manufacturers to to buy the ability to say recommended by Consumer Reports? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's one I got to check on because I've not heard that. And Craig, I appreciate that. I'm going to check that out. I love you, Clark, but unfortunately, you and your team do not save me money. I receive your daily Clark Deals emails, and I immediately start shopping these deals, spending way too much money on items that I often do not need or would never have known about if I did not love your show so much, Lynn. Lynn, okay, so we make it really easy to unsubscribe. And if all those wonderful deals on Clark Deals are taking your wallet to the dark side, just unsubscribe and you won't know about those deals and you won't be tempted to waste your money. This is not a Clark stink so much as a Clark miss. You mm -hmm. talked about sending money via Venmo or Cash App. I would also add that if both parties are iPhone users, Apple Pay works great. I send money to my daughter for my grandkids or supporting school activities via Apple Pay. It is so much more secure than the others, Dean. That is a great suggestion. You can also do that potentially with GPay and that they are more secure platforms than using Cash App, Venmo, or Big Bad Zell. You recently told a listener that they could deduct the software they are using as a volunteer and that they could also deduct charitable mileage. You are technically correct, correct, of course, but that these things are tax deductible. But since the IRS raised the standard deduction, only about 10% of people itemize their deductions. I cringe the thought of people painstakingly keeping track of their expenses, especially tediously tracking mileage, only to learn at tax time that they will be taking the standard deduction, Stuart. Stuart, thank you. Yeah, the standard deduction has gone up so much over the years that the percent of people itemizing has become very tiny. I don't know the exact percent, but a very small percent of people itemize. So those are deductions that can go away. You don't get the benefit of them. Clark, you stink because you have too many fun ideas. I loved, loved, loved your idea shared on the podcast about forms we will fill out at the doctor's office. The idea, in case you've forgotten it, is to sign the name of your favorite musician or president on the patient consent forms. A long while ago, Clark said if we do not to include our social security number on the forms and the doctors have us fill out because the doctor uses it for skip tracing if we don't pay our bills. Well, the front desk always found the blank upset when I wouldn't fill it out. So I write in a number that I make up. This gets by the front desk person without a hiccup. I love to listen to you and have been doing so for many years. My husband and I listen to your podcasts and check on your site before we do just about anything. Your accountability, humor, staying power, sharing your wisdom, integrity are wonderful. Thanks for being the funny you, Clark. Hee hee, Jan. Jan, thank you. Do we still have the sample fake social security numbers you can use where you're not using I'm not sure. anybody else's? If we don't have that fresh, we'll put that in our notes with this because... Uh, you don't want to just put down a randomized 
social security number because it might be somebody else's real number. So we have some numbers that no one's ever assigned so that you can put those in on those medical forms so that those front desk people aren't in a position saying, where's your number? Where's your number? That you never, 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 not ever, under any circumstance, you want to give to any medical facility anywhere because medical is so bad with security that half of all security breaches in the United States happen in the medical industry. I just finished listening to you spend the first half of your podcast crowing about how smart you and some longtime listeners were for leaving your money in I-bonds for decades and earning up to the rate of inflation plus 3%. Did you forget that if the same money was in index funds from your favorite children, they would have earned the rate of inflation plus 7%? That extra 4% per year adds up. Over 20 years, principal plus 7% annually is worth more than double as if you've been earning the 3%. Money in I-bonds is for short-term savings. If you're going to hold it more than 7 to 10 years, it should surely be invested, Ed. Ed, first, don't call me Shirley. (laughs) Um, Second thing is it's part of a diversification strategy. I'm overwhelmingly invested in stock-type choices. And so uh, you want to have some money that is ballast in your life. And so even for someone who is heavily oriented towards investing when i bonds were available where you got inflation plus three with zero risk it was not an investment it was a form of savings i think it was a perfectly valid thing to do and because i've held them so long if i did need the cash i can withdraw it free of any penalty i don't really think you stink but i can't understand why you continue to support walmart Shopping there is the Mr. Howard of retail experiences. I would gladly pay a little more at their fancy French cousin than endure the long lines, apathetic employees, and overall hassle. I swear every time I leave there, I'm never going back. Is it really worth the price? On a lighter note, I hope you'll reconsider writing your memoir. You've had such an interesting life and have had so many wonderful, inspiring stories that even those like myself who have listened to you for 25 plus years would enjoy hearing them again. Krista, please stay on him about this, Wes. Wes, thank you. And uh, Krista has been nagging me about this for 15 years. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, it's embarrassing to me, the whole idea of writing an autobiography. Oh, you're inspirational. That's hard for me. Anyway, we just had a complaint about Walmart on yesterday's show, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Walmart, I'd say, does a better job in how they treat their employees significantly better than they used to. There's still a lot more they could do for their employees. And I believe that companies do better. I've always believed the companies that treats their workers well with kindness, those workers end up being great representatives of the company. If people don't feel that the company truly values them, then that's going to show in how they represent that company. So I'm a big believer in treating your employees like family and mean it. A good family, not a dysfunctional (laughs) family. And so Walmart is, the phrase came up decades ago, that Walmart is the greatest anti-poverty program we've ever had in the United States because they created the era of much lower prices for food, and goods than we had ever had in the country. And they changed the shape of retail in the United States. 
but no organization is perfect. And Walmart's got work to do in this area. So I don't know what to say because I'm not Mr. Walmart, but I, I see both sides of this that what you said, the shopping experience could be better. The employees obviously could feel more invested in it. And at the same time, they do offer incredibly good prices on most of what they sell. Coming up ahead, there's a real shocker. New data shows that this generation coming up now, Gen Z, are the best savers we have ever had in any prior generation. It's true. I got the stats to prove it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, this is something, you know, People, as they get older, they always talk trash about the emerging generation coming up. You know, they don't care about work and they always complain about everything and blah, blah, blah. How many times have generations said that, not just in the United States, but probably throughout history? You could probably find something going back a thousand years where people were talking trash about the generation coming up. And Gen Z, for some reason, really takes it on the chin. Krista, what exactly is the age of Gen Z? I don't know. Will you look that that up? up. I don't know the exact parameters of what Gen Z is, but you got to hear this. Gen Z, according to a new Vanguard study, looking at employees 18 to 24, which is obviously within the encompassing years of Gen Z, that they save for retirement at more than twice the rate of what prior generations did. More than twice the rate. Now, there's a behavioral, so you got it? Gen Z current age is 11 to 26. Born 1997 to 2012. So two of my three kids are Gen Z, and then I got a millennial too. So they're supposed to be just absolute, uh, we used to use the term slackers. Uh Uh-huh. My Gen Z daughter works three jobs, three jobs to try to pay bills. That doesn't sound like a slacker no, to me. No, she's no slacker. And our son shows great work ethic as a teenager. But anyway, I know this thing shows that people have this thing about each generation. And I hear it from people. That's how you know you're old like I am is people are talking, oh, there's kids today, yeah. No, there are different factors that affect every generation, but there's a behavioral finance reason 
why this generation is saving at more than twice the rate as young people of any prior generation. And it's not because they are fantastic. It's because of a change in the law was fantastic that allowed for auto enrollment of people at work into retirement plans. The percent of people who participate goes through the roof. And now a majority of employers have automatic enrollment. New employee comes, we have it at our company, new employee comes to work for one of my corporate entities and we automatically enroll them in our 401k. And we automatically match the first 6% dollar for dollar, right? And so we have 100% participation because it would be like taking a 6% pay cut if they didn't participate. And fortunately, overwhelmingly, they put in more than 6%. But they're working in our financial world here. They're going to be of a mindset that they're into it. But what about other people? Well, because the automatic enrollment places that do, 90%, 90% of people 18 to 24 are participating in retirement plans. And this is why I've, I've been so much an advocate for decades of having retirement plans be, this sounds impossible for somebody who has libertarian leanings like me, but I've always been about mandatory retirement savings, that people be forced, required to save for retirement. Because otherwise, where do they want the money to come from? They want it to come from government, right? And what's government money? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> our money, right? But this is every country in the world has this same thing, that if people aren't required to save, they're then like, well, somebody's got to pay for me. I, I mean, where's it going to come from? It's going to come from government. So Social Security is not enough to provide for a comfortable retirement. And sadly, a lot of people on Social Security, it's all the money they have. That's all they have every month. So this idea of if you're an employer and you don't have mandatory enrollment and retirement accounts, no, you're really hurting your workers. You're really hurting them. And you'll lower the cost to providing a plan as you have more people participating. But think about that. 90%. 90% of people 18 to 24 participate in a plan where you have mandatory enrollment. Why? Because it's already happening. And from the first, from the get-go, you're used to this is what your net check is. And money's there building up in a retirement account. And you're building up a lifetime habit of saving for the future. That's why you always hear me talk about build habits, build habits, build habits. You know, we want to get more physically fit. We have to have a habit and, you know, we have to have a routine of regular exercise. And when you look at money, you have to have money habits that make you physically fit, which is why I talk about contributing to a Roth IRA automatically, set it on automatic pilot and contribute every month. Now, it's great. We got so many people contributing to retirement accounts because it just happens automatically. You don't have to. You can then go and say, hey, I don't want this good deal from you. Stop taking this money out of my check. And almost nobody does that. Almost nobody does it. Because it is such a great thing for you for your long term, for the ability to create financial independence. You start saving as a teenager or a 20-something, 
your glide path is so much easier and so different than people that are older. And congratulations that you are the greatest saving generation ever. Okay, we'll start with this from Brian in Florida. My wife and I are in our late 40s and have always been max savers. We have reached the point where 4% of our net assets exceeds our annual pay from our jobs, net of what we currently contribute to retirement accounts. So I feel that we are at the point we could both quit our jobs if we wanted to, but we generally like what we do and we'll probably keep working. We each have $600,000 level term policies that we each pay $60 a month for, and I have a long-term disability policy with a $3,000 monthly benefit that I'm paying $600 a year for, and the cost increases with age. Do you approve of us canceling these policies to put this money back in our lives since we no longer need them for replacement of income? And do you approve of us gradually phasing out our retirement contributions so our pay net of contributions keeps pace with the 4% of net assets so we can start living a little? So I don't want you to sacrifice all. You're obviously, as you said, Max Saver is a term I love too, that you have been so careful with money and done so much to save for your future. Uh, There's a financial writer named Alan Roth, who's a brilliant writer, he wrote a column recently about people who will not spend money and enjoy things. They deprive, they deprive, they deprive, and they got plenty of money at that point because they've always done that. So in your case, live a little, just as you said. I would keep the level term insurance policy because you probably had it for a while, and the more you get into it, the better the premiums work for you. It's $720 a year for that. The disability policy, if you're so financially set, you can let go with that. But I would designate the, if you have charitable organizations that mean a lot to you, you could have that level term policy go to that. If it's a situation where you want the survivor to just really live a lot when you're gone and have that money to go travel the world or do whatever they want to do, you could keep the level term in place. But the disability insurance, you've stated good reasons why even in your late 40s, the disability insurance is no longer essential in your life. So you could take that money, the uh, $600 a year, and go do something fun with it. I mean, you want to make sure, I always talk about, you know, somebody, you know, wins a lottery or wins or gets money from a sad event like an inheritance that you invest 90% and you use 10% as frivolously as you want, so you have that safety valve. You you do something fun with it, but most of the money is put aside for long-term security. Y'all are so set financially, you're good. And from Julian, Alabama, are the car insurance advertisements showing up on Facebook now claiming that they offer full coverage insurance for much less legitimate or a scam? They advertise as low as $39.28 per month. It's always been said to me that if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. If anyone would know, I believe you would. And she also mentioned there's several different companies advertising. Yeah, and it's not just Facebook. I mean, Facebook's just an ad outlet. This is very prominent now all over the place online where people are being so punished by the massive increases that some of the auto insurers are pushing through right now. And I shared recently why State Farm insureds need to be very aware that State Farm has had really bad losses on auto insurance and is pushing through 
to try to get things back to where they're not losing money on auto insurance. They're pushing through really, really big increases. So people getting hit by these, by State Farm and others, are like, man, what am I going to do? And so that's leading to a lot of these ads that truly exaggerate what the typical person is going to pay for auto insurance. If they do anything, though, if they get you to shop around for auto insurance, if you're facing higher or crushing premiums, good thing. Just make sure you always compare identical coverages as you shop around to what you have right now. From Stacy in Georgia, after my dad passed away, we decided to rent his house. I engaged a property management company to lessen the load. The key to the house was stolen while under the property management's control, and a squatter moved in a few days before the tenant moved in. <sighs> Luckily, I discovered they were there prior to the tenant moving in and was able to have them removed by the police. It's a long story. I requested some expense reimbursement from the property management company, and they indicated they in no way were responsible in a very nasty email. What? So after I re- replied to the nasty email, the property management company dug in and fired me. So now I will be taking over the lease, which I'm happy about because the property management company didn't do their job from the start. What advice do you have for me as a new landlord? And what's the best way to secure any needed maintenance for the house that the tenant reports? Okay. Um, (laughs) Wow. First of all, I am shocked beyond measure. If everything is as you said, that there was negligence on the part of the property manager. And they said, yeah. So what? We're not, we're not helping you. In fact, we're going to fire you. We are not going to represent you. That is a crazy thing because the reason that's so wild is that think how many people are going to hear you say bad things about them because of what you experienced. And again, there's three sides to every story. There's your side, their side, and the truth. But I've never actually heard anything quite like You just said that's terrible about the squatter. That I've heard before, but the property manager not taking any responsibility. So as a new landlord, rule number one, you are not a pushover for someone who does not pay rent on time. You need to be understanding, but a professional landlord at an apartment complex, their thing is the rent's due and it's due now. If you have penalties at the fifth day of the month, You need to enforce those. Otherwise, you embed a pattern that, oh, the the first doesn't really mean the first. I'm just going to pay whenever. And people have hardships in their lives. But you also have the cost of operating that property. You have to think of it. You have to adopt the mentality of not uh, removing humanity from your life, but remembering this is a business and you have to enforce the rules. As for maintenance issues, what many people will do is they will hire, there are firms that take care of people's absentee homes for them, you know, whether it may be a vacation home or whatever. You want to hire one of those companies to handle the maintenance issues for you and minor repairs or even obtain major repairs for you if they're needed if you don't want to have to be hassled with those things. And these companies vary in quality. Over time, you'll find one that you're really happy with. And I failed to mention that I'm really sorry about your father's passing. I know that's a very tough time in anyone's life. And best to you moving forward as 
uh, basically an involuntary manager and landlord of this property. Well, thank you so much for listening today. We hope you'll consider sharing us with a family member, a friend. If you didn't like what you heard today, let us know at clark.com slash Clark Stinks.